I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Mon speaking. I program here called The Mariner's Call from the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. This old mariner is going to, well, we're going to propose a question at this particular time. Where are your riches? In a time of economic woe, and it seems as if at the time, the making of this program around the world, there's economic woe everywhere. What about riches? We're going to ask the question, where are your riches? Ephesians chapter 2, and I'll be reading a couple of verses here, like verse 4 and 5. Thank you for just being there. I appreciate you corresponding with us. If you will stay, as far as our program is concerned, some people ask, how do we contact you? If you will listen to this program in its entirety, uh, we do not use the maximum amount of time. We leave some time here for the broadcaster tell you to give you a way to correspond with us as far as uh, slow mail is concerned. If you'd like to contact us, we think about it electronically. If you have access to a keyboard, just F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. That'll bring you directly to us. Just phone.org. Uh, and of course, F-O-M-M stands for Fishers of Men Ministries. Uh, let us hear from you. Uh, thank you for writing to us. Thank you for corresponding with us. Thank you for calling us on the telephone. Thank you for those emails. I certainly appreciate that. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 4 and 5. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. So many times we say, and I do as I intro, ahoy to you. I'm glad that you're there. And from us, from the banks of the Bon Secours River, the southernmost part of the state of Alabama, from the offices and studios here, Fishers of Men Ministries International, God bless you for being a part of this program at this time. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace, you're saved. Oh, just a lot of good things that said in there. Uh, to me, this looks like a, I mean, just like a, uh, a, a school of fish. Yeah, that, that's, I, I have water on the brain. You know, I just see a lot of good things here in the text, but especially verse four. But God, watch how it reads now. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us. Where's God's riches to be found? Where? Are God's riches to be for you said, I guess in heaven we think about streets of gold, the ivory palaces. Oh, yeah. Those are things that we think of in a monetary way. My friend, there's something better than streets of gold. You said, well, what is that? The richness of God's love. But God, who is rich in mercy wherein, uh, for his great love, wherein he loved us. God is rich in love. And my friend, what I want to do is I want to, this day, this evening, whenever you're listening to this program, I want to show you how as a child of God, you should ask this. Where are my riches? 
My riches should be where God's riches is. I ought to have a big heart. I ought to be rich in love. A lot is said about this in the Bible. In fact, more messages centered around this particular thought than any other. There's more songs written about God's love than any of the any of the other songs, you know. And it seems as how I do understand that the liberals and the modernists and sometimes just the people in the world speak of we think about this God that is a God of love, uh, maybe more so than us fundamental Bible-believing people. But you have to be balanced. I need to learn how to love right and hate right. You said, oh, Brother Munn, hate. That's of the devil. No, 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 no. I, I have to have a balanced personality, you know. Love righteousness and hate iniquity. And concerning our Lord, it says this, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love, God is rich in love. So much said in the Bible about uh, this matter of love. There's even a command to love God. Deuteronomy 6, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy might, um, and with all thy soul. As far as love is concerned, I'm to love the Savior. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, maranatha. In other words, my love uh, should go to Jesus. And when my love is not, my friend, what it should be concerning my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, i got a spiritual curse upon me. As far as love is concerned, Oh, we say it's the very definition of God. If you were going to say God is, what would you put in the next line? God is. So First John chapter 4, God is love. As far as love is concerned, God the utmost, I think about as far as love, describing it in its form, the greatest of all love that a man could have would be, what is it, Matthew chapter 5, for a man to love his enemies. Oh, I tell you, your love is strained when it comes to those who do not love you back. You know, As far as love is concerned, uh, the greatest thing that a man could do, in fact, Jesus performed it there on the cross, all with outstretched arms to the world, to those in front of him, no more than just a pack of ravenous dogs, just a mob of a crowd that was satisfying the old flesh by seeing this one uh, that took and proposed problems to them to see him die. And yet the Savior said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So the depth of love is to be able to love your enemies. So uh, as far as love is concerned, let's get just a few things about this that I think is very, very important. I'm not talking about some mushy feeling that you have. I'm talking about something that comes from your heart. What about love? But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us. As far as the Christian, where, where are my riches? My friend, I should be rich in love. First of all, because it was love that brought God to this planet. You know, we think about Ephesians chapter 2 again, verse 4 and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy and love, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together. Why did he do that? I cannot understand what God, what he saw, or what caused God to look this way, to look from the ivory palaces into a sewer. I can't see the eyes of God focusing on lost mankind. It must have been love. It was love that brought God to us. For God so loved the world. 
but God committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As a little child, I could not fathom this, even though I knew the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It was love that brought God to us, so I should be rich in love, because My friend, he has found to be rich in love. You know, in essence, it is love that brings us to God. You know, the heart has to be moved by the Holy Ghost. Who thinks about the initial work of grace is Holy Spirit conviction. My friend, what happens, the Spirit of God shows you how sorry you are. And then it shows you the greatness of God's Son. And the love that God's Son had for you as he died for you there on the cross. In fact, it moves our heart toward God. What is it? First John chapter 4 and verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. Understanding God's love for us is death. We think about uh, uh, his burial, his resurrection, my friend. It demands that we love him in exchange. How in the world could you turn his love away? In fact, it's love that keeps us saved, is it not? You know, ask the question, are you a Christian? I hope so. (laughs) My friend, what a statement to make. I hope so. Jesus has taken, uh, he's exercised, well, this richness to us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. But this God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us, even when we're dead in sins, hath quickened us together. My friend, through exercising faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for me there on Calvary, I now am a child of God. So, uh, my friend, I'm saved by this grace, my friend. And this, we think about God's grace. Why is it called grace? Because it comes from a heart of love, my friend. And it's this grace, my friend, that's going to keep me saved. You know, a lot of people think they're kept saved by what they do. It's not on what you do. It's what he has done, my friend. Grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. And it's grace that will keep you safe. What is it? Romans chapter 8, verse 35, 36, 37. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing. In fact, it is love. Love is actually the soil in which the child of God is planted. We think about after I experienced the new birth. It's kind of like I'm a plant, and I'm planted in the soil of love. What is it, Ephesians chapter 3, 14, 15, 16, 17, rooted and grounded in love. We think about the importance of taking uh, maybe some shrubbery, and you're going to put it around your house, putting it in good soil. We think about planting a, maybe a fruit tree, the importance of putting it in good soil. The soil is going to supply every need for the tree to grow. It's for what love will do. Rooted and grounded in love. So the love of God. And of course, it is God that's rich in love, my friend. And this love that we are planted in helps us to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. As far as love is concerned, it's everything. What is it? First Corinthians chapter 13, another word, is charity, you know. Uh, I like the word charity. First Corinthians chapter 13, because it helps me to understand that love is something you give and expect nothing in return. That's charity. Love is long-suffering. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. What bears all things, never fails, never vanishes away. You know, I'm nothing without it. Rooted and grounded in love. Hence, love is shown in our dealings with other people. And it is love that brings us to other folk. I, I would like. Now, I know 
There are times that I have to be firm, but I hope that this preacher uh, can show to others a heart of love, not some pretend thing, not some mushy stuff that's just, you know, some put on smile, but from the heart that others can see that we are rich in love. By the way, where are your riches? Are you rich in love? We think about our dealings with other people. In the book of Ephesians here, if I'd go over to chapter 4, I'd see that I'm supposed to walk in love. I'm supposed to speak the truth in love. I'm supposed to forgive in love. My manner of dealings with other people has to be one of love. It is love that must be shown in our dealings with other people. And then we think about those who do not know Christ. It is the love of God that brings us to those. What is it? The love of Christ constraineth us. My friend, how can I? I've been so so wrong in thinking about trying to reach out to lost people. I've seen lost people do some horrible things, and I, I've, I wanted to change them because they were doing horrible things without understanding what they were doing was not their problem. It was who they were. They were without Christ. They were dead in trespasses and sin. And then have a heart of love to speak to them the truth, my friend, and be willing to take in such a way to show the love of God to these people in showing them the truth about themselves, not necessarily what they were doing, and point them to Christ. Oh, it's the love of Christ that constrains us as far as love is concerned. I hope that God can help this preacher to always be rich in love. Where are your riches? If we can help you, please feel free to correspond with us. And uh, until next week, the same time, this will just have to be Fisher Munn that says goodbye.